This Gemara Moi Kain Davlov today's share has been generously sponsored. Liilu Inishmas Machol Mordechai Ben Yitzchak Kain. Someone who the entire Chabura has been learning in this Chos for Shlemu, unfortunately was Nifter, and now the learning of the entire Chabura should be a tremendous Chos for his Neshama that he should be oiled to higher and higher in a place in the Gan Eden Shalmaila, and a tremendous tremendous Nechama for the entire family, as well as learning the entire Chabura should be a Choshin of Yisrochaim. The version remember as he is a Kiddush and Ezra and Makal Mordechai is a Shinda, a Kiddush of Shinda Shem Ben Chayyish Shalom and Levizava. we're holding on hey Ahmed base we're gonna go back up a little bit we ran through the last part of the Gemara a bit fast. Let's go about 10 lines up. The first one line is Yeyosh Bailim. We're in the middle of discussing these two different types of fields. Something that we called the Bisa Pras was the larger name, but within Bisa Pras we had two different fields. We had a Sadashanechrash Boy Kever and a Sadashanevai the Boy Kever. One was where the grave was lost and one is where the entire field was plowed over. So we assume there's bits of the of the Mace a bit of the fragments of the dead body throughout the whole field. So ask the Gemara Vesadish and Echrish by Kavar, Loi Boy, see, and if a field in which the grave is plowed over, do you really not need to mark it off? If you find a field that was marked off, and you don't know the nature, you see the field marked off, there's obviously something going on over here, but you don't know exactly whether there's a grave that was lost or whether it's plowed over. Says the rice, yesh ba'ilan nois. We do a shnechish by kever. Ain't ba'ilan nois. We do a shavod by kever. So how do you know the difference? Whether there are trees, if there are trees, you know the field was plowed over. If there are no trees, you know that there was a grave that was lost. But right there, what do you see? You see whether it's a sudden shnechrash, sudden shnevat, whether the grave is lost or plowed through. What do you see? You see it was a son of mitzuyanas. You see that the field was marked off. So clearly, you mark off. Whether the grave was plowed, whether the grave was lost, and that is Gemara's Kasha. But now we continue the price that says, You cannot make any suggestions and assumptions unless there's an elder that remembers. But you see very clearly that any time you have a Sadish and Nechrash by Kever that we do mark it off. So Amr Papa, five lines on the bottom of Ham and Bays. What are we talking about over there? Over there we're talking about a field in which the grave was lost. And that's why we marked it off. Because the grave was lost in that field. And now you want to know afterwards, explains Rashi, after the field was lost, maybe it was plowed over. Maybe now there's a different level of Tama. So how do you know? So on that second slage, each by Ilanis we do a Shanachish by Kever. If there are trees, you know it was plowed. Ain't by Ilanis we do a Shabbat by Kever. So again, the reason it was marked is not because it was plowed. It was marked because originally they lost the grave, and now you have a Shaila, you're not sure. Was it plowed or not? That has to do with the trees. Ask the Gemara one second. What's the difference? Ask the Gemara whether there are trees there. Maybe you planted the trees 
on the interior inside of the field, and the grave is on the outside. So how do you know from the fact that there are trees in the field that the field was not plowed? Maybe just in the center are the trees and the area around was plowed and that's where the grave was. Answers the Gemara in the last line, the trees are on the border boundaries, the trees are on the borders and therefore it's clear that it can't be that on the outside that there is a grave because the trees go all the way to the borders. So we turn over to today's daft, Avav and Aleph, ask the Gemara further, Vidilma, Go the other way. Maybe the trees are on the outside, and maybe the Tumma is on the inside. So maybe the center of this field was plowed over, and around that they planted trees. Says the Gemara of the case is where the trees are throughout the entire field. That's the reason why the trees are an indicator of the status of the field. And that's the reason that if it was trees everywhere, you know it was plowed. Over a second tire, it says the Gemara Vibai Simaha Amaran. What do we learn from over here? Ain Marachikin Siyomi Makam Tuma. This goes back to what we said in the Mishnah. You never want to distance the Siyom, the marking from the place of Tuma. Why not? Shalahav said as Eretz Yisrael, not to cause Eretz Yisrael a loss. And therefore, if you found the marker close to a tree, obviously it means it was plowed over. Obviously, this whole area is one entity because we never make the marker further away from where the Tuma is because then you're causing Eretz Yisrael to be lost. At some extent, says the Gemara of Yuda Aimer, four lines down, says Rav Yuda, Rav Yuda, the end of the Brisa said, and no, it's irrelevant unless there's someone that remembers what happened years past. Amar Abayi says, Abayi, you know what you see from Rav Yehuda? A very important rule. A young Tamachacham, the Rav, the Ikabimasa, when he's in the town, not the Rav is not just involved in the Shul, and not just involved in the Kashus, and not just involved in the Shailus. Everything about this town is a comment upon him. All matters have to go by the Rav. And that's obviously. The pro- the proper way a town should be rough. Says the Gemara, continuing about seven lines down, Omar Rav Yehuda, Evan Mitsuyanis. Let's say you found the stone. You found the stone that had a marking on the stone. You can see this nowadays. You go up to Svas and you see these random X's in different places. It's a very similar concept. Marking off where they found graves, etc. So says the Gemara, you found the stone that has a marking. Tachtel Tame. You know that right underneath that stone is Tame. That's where they marked off the stone. Stone. Let's say you found two different stones that have markings. So now, if there's plaster running between the two stones, then you know that there's some there, because that means the two stones, and in between them is where there was a tumah. This is where there was a mace. They made tar. If there's no line between them, there's a marking here and a marking here. That means the two isolated areas, then the area in between is not necessarily an area that contains tumah. Not necessarily an area that contains a dead body, a fragment of a body, etc. Ask the Gemara, are you telling me that even though you don't necessarily see any reason to believe that this field was plowed over still the lack of lime you have two different stones doesn't look like it was plowed but there's two stones that are marking and there's no lime between that itself shows that it is tar ask the Gemara of Atani, the first one in line about 12 lines down if you've got one stone marked off underneath his tummy what does the Brisa say the Brisa says when you have two stones if it's plowed between the two 
two stones, then So you just told me there's nothing to do with being plowed. It has to do with its mark in between. But ask the Gemara, we see, we see clearly in the Bryson, not that way. Says the Gemara, Amar the case here is talking about when do we care? When is the Brysa referring to that we care if it's plowed? Is when they poured the lime, they poured the sid on top of the stone. And it ran down and it spread a little bit here and there. And there's a little bit of lime between them. So it seems that it just fell off the stones. It's not like a clear line between the stones. So then we say, If there's plow, then you know it's our. Why? So now... Why is there little fragments of line between these two stones? You know why? You know what happened over here? It peeled from the stones when you plowed through, and that's what you're finding a little line between the stones. But if there is no line between them, then it's going to be tame. So again, the only time we care about if it's plowed or not is when there's a little bit of fragments of the line that you seems it was poured over and there's something left over there. Then if there's plowed over, that's indicated that it's tar. But in a case that it's, you have no reason to concern, then the lack of plowing and the lack of lime itself would be enough of indication that it is tar like we learned originally. If you found one part of a field, excuse me, one boundary that is marked off, it is Tame and the rest of the field is Tar. Two boundaries, three boundaries are marked off, so they're tar, Tame, the rest of the field is Tar. But our Ba, if you found all four boundaries marked off, then it flips. Now you know that the boundaries themselves are Tar. Why? You know, distance, you want to cause our cell to have a loss. So if all four boundaries are marked off, what must be the case? That the interior is where the Tumah is, and right around there they made a marking, and therefore the round area is going to be tar, but inside that field will be Tameh. Now we get back to the Mishnah, about 20 lines down. The first one on the line is in the two dots, Af al And the Mishnah said that we send out agents, send out people from Bethlehem to go check into whether there are client forbidden intermingling of species in people's fields. Ask the Gemara Do they go out on Cholamayid? Veramini will ask you a stira. Something that we saw recently in the Gemara of Megillah. On the first of Adar, they announce this is the source for Machsa Shekel. They announce they're bringing the Shekel. The Alaklayim. And they announce about Klaim on Rosh Chodesh Adar. On the 15th is Purim. They go out to make sure there's no thorns in the roads. They to fix the streets. They So when are they Yaitim on the Klaim? On the 15th of Adar. You're telling me that it was much later on. Ask the Gemara. You're telling me it's a 
Ma'id Pesach, but we see from the Gemara Megillah that it was on Purim, the 15th of Adars, when they went out about Kalayim. Answers the Gemara of Lazar, Rav Yisra Chanina, Charamar, Kan Be'Bachir, Kan Be'Afil. Two different types of crafts, the early craft and the late crafts. They have to go out and inspect on Purim, then they have to go out and inspect again on Rosh Chodesh Pesach for the later craft to make sure there's no Kalayim, no mingling of the species. Charamar, Kan Be'Zrayim, Kan Be'Yerakos. One is green and one is vegetables. Again, a similar distinction. One grows later. And on this, Amar Ravasi, Amar Ravyechnu, Loishanu, El Sheinitzi Nikar, says Ravasi, this is only when the sprouts, the tree, the, the roots, excuse me, starting to grow are not recognizable. Avel Nitzi Nikar, Yaitzin Alehem, as soon as you can recognize the sprouts, as soon as things start growing out of the ground, they go out right away. They don't necessarily wait. But I asked the Gemara one second, Why are they going on a Cholomite? I don't get it. What's special about Cholomite? Go out two days before Pesach. Why specifically on Cholomite are they going to check into people's fields to ensure that they have no Klayim growing? No one's working. It's Cholomite. You're not going to work as we've been seeing in the beginning of this Mesechta. So everyone's home. So you could get a worker for cheaper and that's the reason why they do it in order to have cheap labor to check into people's fields. And Amar Avzved, he learns that an important rule, six lines at the bottom, Shmam, you know, you know we see from over here, when you're taking your wages from the Chumas Alishka, when the public is paying for you, Excuse me. We the key. Excuse me. One more time. Kavina luschar mitshuvas hamishka. Kavina lu who pays for the wages of the person going out about the kliyim? It's from the temple treasury. Because if you're gonna tell me that it's not coming from there, rather where is it coming from? It's coming from. Excuse me. If you're gonna tell me. Sorry about that. If you're going to tell me that where is it coming from? It's coming from Mididu. It's coming that the owner of the field has to reimburse. The owner of the field has to pay for the agents going out. That why do we care when they go out? Whenever they could go, they should be able to go. So we see clearly, let's make this clear, I'm sorry. What do we see very clearly? We see who's paying. It must be the funds are coming from the public. Because if the owner of the field, if he's found to have claim, he's the one that has to pay, why would it, why would Bezdin be concerned to find the cheapest wages? It must be. It's coming from communal fund. And that's the reason why we go out specifically on Cholamayin in order to ensure that we're using the public's money appropriately. Says the Gemara of Ad Kama and how much we have to approve when it comes to like that which we learned, call saw any saw that contains sheyish ba. As we turn over to vavam and base, call saw sheyish ba yuroiva zera mimin acher. One quarter of the field has a different type of min, a different species growing in that field. As Rashi says, a kav, a quarter of a kav, which is one twenty fourth of a saw. You might then you have to get rid of it. That is too much. You have to have a quarter kav within a full base saw of a field. Ask the Gemara of Tanya. We learned this kinuje makpidim al we learned that they have to be careful of the whole field, meaning that they're mafkirin, they're mafkir the entire field. That if the agent finds that you have climb in your field, then you have a quarter of your field intermingling two different species, they're mafkir, that's it, the whole field is ownerless. So why are you telling me, Yemayit, it sounds like you just get rid of that species that's growing in a crackly? Answers the Gemara, like, Kasha kan koinim kakana, kan la'acher tekana. What is referring to before the tekana? 
But one is after the Takana was, they made the whole field after. That was after the Takana, but before the Takana, they would just get rid of the problem. The Tanya, as we learned in Abraisa, Parishayin in the beginning, they would uproot the climb and they would feed it to the animals. But then, the owner was happy. There's two reasons. So the same. You effectively are weaning their field by pulling out the, the species which are not supposed to be there. You're doing an act of weaning for them. They're getting cheap labor for free. You feed their animals. It's great. Look at that. I, I went and I let things grow incorrectly, and I'm gaining. So it's kingdom they made at the Kanashi Aikun Mashik and Al Drachim, they should uproot and throw it in the roads. They were still happy. That you're still weeding their field. So it's kinu she mafkirin kolosade kula. That was the takana. So if you mess with Chazal, if you go and you grow something you're not allowed to grow, then they say, boom! Your entire field is hefker, and that will definitely deter someone from doing this in the future. Says the Mishnah, of continuing the different halachas of watering, as we began in the first Mishnah on Ilan, a concept that we saw quoted in the Gemara, you let it draw water from one tree to the next. You cannot water the entire field. It continues the Mishnah, if we have plants that you do not water them before chalamay, loishki mamay, now water them chalamay, v'cham matirim zeb zeb, chachamim say it is allowed. So here we have a beautiful picture, Bar Hashem. We found a bit of a picture book that we'll try to utilize to give us a little bit more of a feeling. What you see over here is you have seen two rows of trees, and the important point is, what do you see this man doing? You see him taking a rake and he's drawing water. He's pulling the water from one tree to the next, and that is what the Mishnah says you're allowed to do, provided that you don't go and keep on pulling the water throughout the entire field. So that is case number one in the Mishnah. Now let's let the Gemara develop itself. If the field was moist and then it dried up, then that is the case that you're allowed to water it. And let's look at Rashi for a moment. Rashi, the first Rashi in the Mishnah says, Gemara, excuse me, Adam Rav Lazar, Yishka, what did Rav Lazar ben Yaakov in the Mishnah teach us? That you're not allowed to water the entire field. But, says Rashi, explaining Rav Yudah in the Gemara, that in the field, the field was naturally moist, Lecha, and then it dries up, then Mutulashkoitz, then you let it water the entire field, even though it's not a Sadabisa Shlach and it's a Bisa Baal, a field that doesn't normally normally need water. Why? If you don't water it, it's going to be a Pseida, Yesira, a large Hefsid, Hefsid Gadol, says the Gemara, so you'd be allowed to water the entire field. brings a proof to this. When we said that you're not allowed to water the field this end of the Mishnah, that's only by vegetables and plants that were not watered before And now the price continues. Let's say it was a field that was naturally moist. It was a very very moist field. And then it dries up, then mutter, then you let it water it again because it's going to be a hefsi gadol. But the price continues in Mashkin Sadi Garit. You're not allowed to water a dry field. The Chacham allow both of these cases. So again, a case that's naturally dry, since it's naturally dry and it's used to being dry, it doesn't need a lot of water. We're being more machmir, but the Chacham Ramikal in both cases. Amar Avina, based on this price, it says, Ravina Shmami, no. You know what I learned from this price? The high tarbits, if you have a garden, Shari 
You let us sprinkle water in on Cholamite. Where do we see this from? Sadr Garid, when we said the dry field, what's the reason that the dry field? That you're the Chachamim, we're going to the Shita of the Chachamim, the end of the Mishnah. Why do the Chachamim let you water a dry field? It doesn't need your water. So why do the Chachamim say you let it water it? You know why? The Afla, the Afla Mashvi Lecharfa. Because you know what's happening is the late crop will become the early crop. It's true, the field doesn't really need your water. But if you go and water it, it's going to be excellent. It's going to make the crop go faster. That's why the Chacham allowed it. Hachanami, so too in this case, Says Ravina on your garden patch, the late crop will become the early crop, and according to the Chachamim, that's going to be allowed. Tanar says the Brisa Marbitza says eleven b'shvius you let a water and sprinkle water on the green field during Shmita. Avloi b'mayit. Ask the Gemara of Tanya. We learned in a Raisa Marbitza bein b'mayit bein b'shvius. So why are you differentiating? Amar Avuna leKash of Lazbin Yaakov. Harabbanan like we saw in the Mishnah, Rabbanan are more meikel Tani Idach. Another Brisa Marbitza said the love in Erev Shvius. Why you let a water the green field? Kadeshi Yatsi Yerakus b'shvius so that the vegetables come up naturally by themselves on Shmita. Vlaeda Shmita said the love in b'shvius. You let even do it on Shmita. Kadeshi Yatsi Yerakus l'maytzai shvius. A different Brisa, not necessarily dealing with the case particularly that. We're talking about, but that is Allah of sprinkling the water on the field. That is going to be allowed according to the Chachamim. It's going to be not allowed according to Rav Lazar ben Yaakov. And now we start a new Mishnah, which is going to take us into tomorrow. But let's just start it. Says the Mishnah again, another case that you're allowed to do work in a field due to a hefsi gadol. Sudden as a ishos, you let a trap the animal called the ishos vesach barim, and you let a trap mice misada ilan from a grain field. Excuse me, from a tree field umisada alavon, and from a grain field from an orchard or from the grain field. Kedarka in the normal manner, b'mayidu b'shviyas. Chamaimim is the ilad kedarka. B'sada alavon shaloi kedarka. Why Rashi points out very simply because it's not as much of a loss. Omakrin is apir to b'mayidu. Let it fix up a fence and chalamayidu b'shviyas. B'ni kedarka on shviyas you build it the normal way. So before we go anywhere, says the Gemara, my ishos. What's this ishos? I'm Rabuna Bray. I'm Rav Yehuda Barrio. Shein la'yanayim. It's a creature without any eyes. It's very destructive. So you'll have to trap that on. Where do we know that the word Ishus means an eyeless creature from the Basik? It says, The snail, the Shablul Tamas Yaloch, melts and slithers. The falling of the Ishus that does never saw the sun. So we see that the word Ishus, Ishus, is an entity that has no eyes, they can't see the sun. Tanarabana, it says, the Gemara Sadden, it's the Ishus, eight lines to the bottom of. You let a trap of the Ishas with Akbar and Misada Lavan, Misada Ilan Kitarkoi, Umachrivin Chayre Nemalam, you let it destroy the ant holes. Also, Kedarko, Ketan Machriven, how do you destroy it? If Shemring Amliel Lamer made the offer, you take dirt from one ant hole and you put it into the other ant hole and that destroys them. How does it destroy it? So Rashi says, because it smells an uh, interesting smell and the animals kill each other. Rabbi Nechananel says, very interesting, because you're taking the ant from one ant hole, putting it in the other ant hole, they're not used to being there and they just have a big fight and they kill each other. They choke each other. This only works. 
works if the two animals are on two sides of the river. Vudaleka Gisha, there's no bridge. Vudaleka Gimla, there's no camel. Vudaleka Mitra, actually, Vudaleka Gamla, there's no plank of wood across from one side to the next. Vudaleka Mitra, there's no ropes again, so that the ants cannot travel back and forth. And that's going to be the case that they will commit and suicide and kill each other. This is a picture of them digging Kedarkai on Chalamai, and this is the case of them digging Shaloi Kedarkai. As you see, what is he doing? He's sitting over here, and he's using a spade, he's using a stick to dig, and he's not digging the normal way with the shovels, the two different ways of digging. I'll pick up from here, Bisiata, this